Hello, this is Dr. Beverly Wright, and thank you for listening to Tag Data Talk, sponsored by Emory Continuing Education and hosted by Dr. Beverly Wright. Tag Data Talk covers topics on the current state and future outlook of analytics and data science using an interview format with professionals and academics to discuss use cases, future trends, talent and skills, organizational structures, tool advancements, and other topics related to data science. Thanks for listening. Hello, this is Dr. Beverly Wright, and thanks for joining Tag Data Talk. With us today, we have a panel of data science professionals from AT&T, including Mark Austin, Jeremy Fix, Prince Paul Raj, and we're talking about measuring the effectiveness of data science solutions. Thanks for being here, everyone. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Awesome. Well, what we're talking about today is about measuring the effectiveness of data science solutions. So let's start off with a few introductions. Each of us, uh, each of you, if you could tell me why are you so cool, which is another way of saying tell me about your background. <laughs> so I can start. This is Mark Austin. I'm the VP of data science at AT&T. And uh, our group has about 300 developers and data scientists, about three to one ratio. So for every three developers, one data scientist. And we've got a lot of interesting projects, but we won't go into that today, but we'll talk about kind of what makes us do data science very well. Awesome. And how long have you been in data science? I've been about six years in this group, but been doing data science type stuff for probably 10, 15 years. Fantastic. Prince, how about you? Yeah, I've been in this industry for about uh, seven, eight years um, in data science world, but pretty much about 20 years in the uh, software engineering and end-to-end building and applications. So. Okay, fantastic. And Jeremy in Atlanta, tell us why you're so cool. I'm just really cool. Um, so I've been I've been in the industry probably about 20 years as well. Um, a mixture of engineering, software engineering, and for the past, I think, six, seven years, I'm trying to make the transition into data science and ultimately AI and ML solutions. Fantastic. Okay, well, related to our topic, um, we're talking about measuring data science, but why is the effectiveness of data science important? Why is it important that we take some effort to measure that? It's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, I'll I'll jump in. This is Jeremy. I I think, you know, everything we do seems to center around whether it's business or social good. Um, I think we all want to make some kind of impact and, you know, not being able to accurately measure that and kind of tie that to an, an outcome can, uh, as, as we know, you know, the term boil the ocean. I think data scientists are actually pretty good at, at you know, trying to find everything in a, in a sea of, of data. So uh, being able to kind of hone that in and focus that is, uh, is pretty critical for, for success. Okay. I mean, I think the obvious thing is there's always interesting insights that you can look at, but at the end of the day, we're in it for a business point of view. Mm-hmm. So being able to measure the return on investment or the benefit is, is important. Okay. What about what would you say um, if I were to throw out the idea of a cost center? Like, is it really that important to measure the effectiveness? Why or why not? If you see data science as a cost center anyway, why would you go about measuring the effectiveness? Because I think, you know, machine learning, the model that what we produce, you know, business is taking action on it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so sometimes it's even touching the lives. So, so it is important if they're taking a decision based on our machine learning model outcome. Okay, 
So for reasons yeah. of measuring the outcome, understanding what kind of impact it has, the straight up ROI, and um, because you want to make sure that the actions that are following it are valid and that you're directing in the correct way. You were going to say something, Jeremy? Yeah, I was going to kind of jump in on the cost part, because if you kind of think about data science and where it's at, you know, from a from a capability standpoint, from from, you know, we're just now starting to see masters of data science. And I think Bachelor of Data Sciences crop up, um, which means it translates into data science is very costly. Uh, it's a lot more costly than where we're at right now with software development, software engineers that have been around for 20, 30 years, maybe longer. Um, so, you know, we look at our at our at our budgets for what we're trying to produce. There's a lot of experimentation that you have to do. Then you have to turn it into software, you know, and then you have to turn it into into some kind of outcome. So I guess measuring the effectiveness really comes to how it's hitting the bottom line. It's 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 expensive. Yeah. I mean, one other thing comes to mind is that a company, big companies have more data science problems that you can work on. Mm -hmm. So how do you allocate your resources, your cost pool? How do you allocate them? You have to allocate them to the things that are the most profitable. Gotcha. Right. So that's what, what everybody tries to do. Okay. So for a resource management standpoint, just because... Um, also because they're very expensive. And you're right, Jeremy, I'm seeing um, more bachelor's level programs. Even Emory has a QTM program, right. quantitative theory and methods, and that's bachelor level. Um, and I think there's a couple other in the country. So uh, for many of reasons, it's important to measure the effectiveness of your data science solutions. Um, so what are we talking about measuring? So we, we say data science solutions and insights and, and that sort of thing, but what are we actually going about measuring? What does it look like? Yeah, and I think I think one of the things that really jumps out, you know, for us as we connect with clients or we connect with partners, they already have KPIs in place. They already know what their business drivers are. And, you know, we have to be careful not to get too far. You know, a data scientist would love to say, you know, my model is very accurate, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're not able to connect that to the KPIs that matter to the business. If it means, you know, thinking about social good, for, for example, if you're not bringing in, you know, fewer um, abductions or you're not bringing in fewer, fewer, uh, you know, mishaps, then at the end of the day, who cares how, how accurate you are, right? Right, so right. we've really got to help the, uh, and, and that's, you know, all in connecting the, the science to the, to the purpose. Got it. No, that's a great point. So um, what you're getting at, especially, I like your social good Example, since, you know, as you know, I co-founded a nonprofit that I, does social I need that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I love that. Um, so if you're not, if you have a great model and it has incredible diagnostics, then that really doesn't matter as much as how many people were you able to help not become addicted to opioids or how many people did you rescue from human trafficking. So it's more about the KPIs from the business perspective, or in this case, the community impact perspective, than it is the the modeler, is that where you're going with this? Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of think downstream. Yes, you want you want accurate models. Yes, you want clean data. Yes, you want to make sure that you don't have holes in your data. Um, but you don't want that to be the end all. You've got to make sure you connect to the to the important part. Yeah. But I think if you're if you are predicting the right thing from the business point of view, then it does come down to the accuracy of the model, right? Mm. So we do a lot of our own challenges when we kind of do data science stuff. So you know, Jeremy runs this massive leaderboard 
So any particular problem, you have to kind of show up on the leaderboard. You have to beat the robot. You kind of have to improve it. And we try to get as much as we can. Sometimes we put a little bit of reward on it too. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not unheard of. Sometimes we'll have 70 people competing on an algorithm to get there, right? Wow. So Sometimes, you know, it's, it's going extension of what you said. It also matters that how it will you know, fix into the business process. Mm-hmm. So this machine learning model, it's not producing a new business process mm-hmm. or it's not disturbing the actual business process, right? So it has to go along with it in order to make it effective. And once you deploy the model, the model needs to be monitored all the time. How well the model is doing that? You know, you got to look at the model drifting and et cetera. So um, predicting with a high accuracy is important. At the same time, you need to carry and feed and light up the model mm-hmm. and make sure it's doing the right job. Gotcha. Because business is taking decision out of it. Okay, got you. That's great points. And you also have to think about, it sounds like um, the model actually getting deployed. And it seems like that's also a barrier because you're talking about, well, what are the KPIs at the end of the day? Like how much has the model um, improved? But let us not forget that around 80 something percent of models end up in the POC graveyard. So how how does that play into measuring? Is that one of the biggest barriers or is this something that we just ignore those that don't end up getting implemented? What do we do with that? So we normally you know, do it with, um, you know, start with a small POC and do some trial, you know, target one particular region and try to see the effectiveness of the machine learning model outcome. That proves the value and, you know, business runs through the process and it's really solving the problem, then probably we take it to the, you know, larger scale. Mm-hmm. Okay. But how do you well, handle it, though, when they're, not, when they're not getting implemented? If something doesn't get implemented, does that mean it's completely ineffective? So, so I, I think this goes, we always have, um, we came up with, I came up with this acronym, is how do you know that you have a good data-powered problem? Mm-hmm. So and for, for us, we have to answer the power question. So P is, do you have a problem that's actionable? O is, do you have an owner? If you're going to do something, are they going to implement it? W is, what are the analytics? E is the ETA, and R is the ROI. And we found it many times, like, we get something really good, and then we thought we had the right owner, but it wasn't the right owner. It was somebody else. And you go to them and say, no, I'm not going to implement that. Ah. <laughs> right. So you get caught in those things. But if you answer all those things, you get a much higher success rate. Nice. So P-O-W-E-R. Problem owner, what, ETA and ROI. ETA and ROI. Yeah. Very nice. Okay. Great. What other sort of barriers do we see about measuring data science success? Obviously, if things are not, you know, if the model doesn't get implemented or um, people aren't really using it in the right way, that's going to be a barrier. But what are some of the other barriers that we might see with being able to measure how successful we've been? Yeah, so for us, like now we're working with our customer care organization. Compliance is a, is a huge thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, when we do process changes, um, people can, um, you know, they can obviously circumvent process. Um, but, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times you put actions in place. Anytime you have a human in the, in the equation, there's, there's chance for failure. Um, so, you know, we have to try to close the loop on some of those things. You know, we, we've talked a lot, and I think maybe in the industry, about AI as assistive as, as opposed to automated. And I think we're trying to be really diligent about that. Uh, but at the same time, you still leave yourself open to compliance barriers where people can just circumvent, um, you know, the goodness, per se. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the compliance aspect puts an extra kind of hook into it. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Yes, sometimes. Tell them about some of the prints, about some of the things we found that it, it wasn't acting like we expected, it wasn't scoring. Yes. It's just so, examples of those. Right. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's about, you know, once the model is deployed in production, because most of the time the data scientists, they build the model looking at the history of the data, right? But the data can challenge you always at one time, right? So the model is trained on some data and you deploy the model and some data is coming through on the fly and you score against the model and the model is not doing the good job, mm. right? So so, so I always say that, you know, launching is easy, but operating is hard. Mm -hmm. um, so you need to keep the model, always look around it. Is it drifting, you know, below or above? Uh, certain threshold. Mm -hmm. If it is so, then you need to think about, okay, let me go and retrain my model or something wrong in the data. So always the data is challenging us. Um, so we got to, you know, the new way of doing it is like, you know, stream the data and build your model on the stream data and score the model on the stream data. So mm -hmm. it's the same data you train and score, basically. Yeah. And I think it's even AI to monitor the AI. Yes. Right. Is it acting like we expect? You know, the other thing we found is that many times when you go to production, we're just a piece of the puzzle. Yes. Right. So when there, let's say there's a transaction that's trying to happen, there might be 30 systems before it gets to our system. Right. right. So it's like we can be good, but what about all these other ones? Right. So you need to measure from the customer perspective. Is it hitting a certain SLA? If not, give me the AI to figure out where the problem is. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you've got 30 people on a phone call trying to figure it out. Right. Right. So AI to monitor the whole process and to monitor the AI as well. Mm, good points. So look look at a, a bigger full cycle, kind of cradle to cradle view. Mm. What about situations where your business hasn't really defined their KPIs very well? Or where your model is, say, like, for example, I worked with customer experience quite a bit and customer mm. loyalty. And some models were measuring things like awareness, but the KPI might be sales, which is not really the same as awareness at all. Mm. Um, so what about situations where there's a mismatch between what the model is, is intended to do and what the KPIs are for the organization or for the business, mm. or where the business hasn't really defined their KPIs very well? Mm. What do you do in those situations? Yeah, I was going to say one of the things that we do, it, it really comes down to good good communications between the, the business team and, and the science team. Um, one, of our, one of our VPs coined the phrase of hives. Um, I, for, I forget how it came, but he wanted to get to, you know, these beehives. And, and the idea is we now somewhat co-locate um, our business SMEs with our science SMEs. There's a lot of mismatches in, you know, what you see in the data, what you mm -hmm. think is the data, and what the data really is. Oh. Um, and so, you know, we have this concept of, of bringing these folks together, if not permanently, for, you know, virtually and, and over time so that they're they're constantly kind of scrutinizing and, and better understanding. That, that, that's, a, that's always a huge problem is misunderstanding between, between the two. Yeah. But I think one thing that helps is a member of the beehive should be the finance person, right? Because at the end of the day, it's all about is the finance happier, it's more revenue, it's cost reduction. So they're going to ask, how is awareness hitting my bottom line, right? Right, right. That's, that's how we would do They it. ask the right questions, that's for sure. Right, exactly. Nice. Okay. So here's some that I had. Um, implementation challenges when you develop a solution, it doesn't get implemented. It very, makes it very hard for you to say, like, here's how effective we were. Here's how much we helped the business. Um, compliance uh, number three was business-defined KPIs if they're a little gray. Um, the communication, especially this notion of hives, 
um, your data being a little bit mysterious, not AT&T data, which I'm sure is perfect in every way, but data in general being sometimes mysterious or meaning things that you think are one thing, but they're actually something else. Framing the actual business questions uh, can sometimes make it difficult if the question that the data science team is answering is not the same as what was intended to be answered, which I see that all the time. Um, and just having more of a full cycle view, not just this one you know, silo or piece of the puzzle, but a larger view, all these sorts of things can pose as barriers for helping you measure data science success. So what are some of the tricks? You talked, you hinted about some of them. You talked about power. Uh, Jeremy, you talked about these communication hives and being much more connected to the business. What are some of the tricks that you can recommend for, um, for helping to measure and getting past some of these barriers? One thing I was thinking as you were going through that list is the hive. One context there is that you're communicating all the time, mm -hmm. right? So you can get out of sync, but if you're out of sync for a month before you sync up, then that's a problem, oh. right? So I think just the frequency of communication, that's why we've got the hive thing. We're all sit together. That's always better. Make sure the finance person is there. So it's not supposed to be, hey, tell us this one time. And yeah, it's not, it's and not a, you know, come back in a quarter. Right, thing, right. right? That would continuous. be really a problem. Right. Continuous right. communication, open dialogue. Okay. So a lot of the one, you know, most of the time in the development phase, you know, we want to fail fast and recover fast. Mm. Right? Mm. So not necessarily we take from months to develop something and come back and see, oh, it's not making sense. Right. Okay? So I know data, brings, data science is a bit of an exploration. At the same time, when you are you know, pushing the smallest to productions, so we are to get into that agile mode and fail fast and recover fast. That okay. really helps. Okay, so kind of get things done and assess quickly to figure out like, okay, what, are we, what can we do better? What can we do differently? Are we heading in the right direction? So exactly. it's this constant assessment. Right. Okay. The tooling and, and how we try to approach moving faster um, you know, often we, we may think of moving faster as get more people, uh, but better tooling. I mean, this is an obvious, uh, but moving to the cloud, utilizing tool sets that maybe we don't need to, um, you know, sticking to our core competencies mm -hmm. while using tool sets that are out there to help us move faster. Um, you know, the scoring and automated scoring and, and things like that are, are definitely very helpful. Um, you know, I kind of think about, you know, as we mature, you know, we say our group is six, seven years in, um, we kind of got to look at how do we transform ourselves. We, we've been spending a lot of time thinking about how we transform other businesses, um, but, you know, we kind of need to do um, a lot of this for ourselves. So, you know, some of the things um, we try to adopt, but is very difficult is, you know, agile methodologies um, where you get the daily standups and you're having those communications within your work teams. Um, those are good. It is kind of hard to adapt the agile methodologies to insights because, mm -hmm. um, you know, with software development, you say, well, I know it takes this amount of time to develop this widget and it takes this amount of time to do this thing. And if you knew that for insights, you know, you probably already have the insight. But I think we're, 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 we're becoming adaptable to some of the things that are out there. And, we're, and you know, we're, we're constantly trying new things to help speed up those processes. But definitely, I would say trying new things is very important. The, the other thing is maybe as much a barrier as it is a solution is that I didn't say earlier is related to expertise mm -hmm. and being able to measure the effectiveness. I think, you know, younger teams, when they first start, I think they're going to be highly focused on um, hiring generalists 
and uh, that'll come back to bite you as you start to mature. Um, what we found is early on, a lot of our problems were a lot of the low-hanging fruit, and now the problems are getting harder. And when you get to harder problems, you need people with deeper experience. Um, and so that's that's something to kind of think through. Uh, but that is solvable as well. Yes, absolutely. Uh, another tip is like, you know, engineers, you, you got to just cross-train the team. Mm. So, you know, you educate the engineers with a little bit of data science and you educate the data scientists with a little bit of engineering. Mm -hmm. The cross-training really helps us because most of the time, scientists are the one who, you know, build and train the models, but engineers are the one who, you know, deploys it and takes care of the model. And it's good to have both of them know about each other and their uh, skills and expertise. That really helps. Yeah, and that's a really tricky thing to do. It's easy to say because we're, we're sitting pseudo in studio and <laughs> it's easy for us to talk about, but. Uh, getting data engineers and data scientists to really understand each other's world. And then if you want to throw in the business too, because um, many of these things you guys are mentioning, which I'll summarize in a second, they they center around one word and that's culture. You know, communications, being able to understand each other. Um, a lot of these are are very culturally based. So that's, that makes it extra tricky. Yeah. So here's what I had um, as far as some tricks for how to overcome some of these barriers on measuring your data science solutions. Uh, the cross-training, especially teams like data engineering, data science, trying new th things, not being afraid to sort of innovate on um, the standard protocol, an ongoing dialogue, not a, hey, let's talk now and come back in three months, but a continuous dialogue, um, discovering things quickly and failing fast and then pivoting as needed. Uh, sometimes tooling can actually help with um, with being able to measure and moving faster. And then the depth of experience uh, and the expertise, um, not having, you know, if you have a team of new people, they're going to have certain expertise, but that makes it a little bit more challenging for them to really understand how to measure the effectiveness. If In a perfect world, this is my second to last question, um, in a perfect world, if you could say, like, I want to be able to make this statement that says we're able to measure our data science solutions in a in a fantastic way. What would some of those statements look like? Just in a in a made up world, what how would perfect data science solution measurement look? How would that manifest itself? I, I think the single most important thing for me is is repeat customers. When mm. people come back and they want they want more of what you've given, um, it, it's usually a testament to what you've uh, what you've accomplished. That's how you know you've successfully, um, you've been successful at measuring it. Yeah, especially when people are effective. when people are paying you for your services, they right. won't come back if you're not if you're not giving. Um, so I mean, it's a, it's a very straightforward measure. I, I like to focus on on the customer first. Yeah, got it. Good good advice. What other um, ways does it show itself if you've been effective? I mean, one is. Um, that it's extendable, mm. right? So it's not just for a one and done. It's something that you've built that can be reused and extended to other areas. So it's not uncommon that we'll start in one area and then we'll find that it can apply over there, it can yep. apply over here. And all of a sudden we have this platform that's multi-business unit type thing. Right. So that's that's a good indication of success too. Yeah. So something is um, not just operationalized, but it's scalable. You can mm -hmm. use it here, you can use it here, you can mm -hmm. use it here. Yeah, I always say that three things, you know, anything, whatever we do, that should be measurable and that should be reliable and that should be scalable. Mm -hmm. So that's what, you know. Okay, great. 
what final piece of advice would you guys give? Uh, let's say that our listeners are trying to figure this out. Like, how are we going to measure data science solutions? What final single piece of advice would you give to a data science professional that's trying to get better at measuring their data science solutions? Well, you know, maybe back to the, you know, your 80-20 is, you know, ultimately getting it deployed, getting it adopted, getting a repeat customer. Mm -hmm. That's um, that's a good measure. But along the way, um, I, you know, it comes down to how good is it? So a lot, any, almost anybody could do a model, but what do you compare it against, right? How do you know it's good? Mm -hmm. So I, I'm a big advocate of of crowdsourcing it right because people think about things different ways mm -hmm. right They'll, some people have different algorithms some people bring additional data some people optimize the parameters differently mm -hmm. and every time we've seen a crowd work on something as a group that's always gets better hmm. so that's a, a good tip that we found okay i think for me um, i always like to think of outcomes um, have the hard question questions at the beginning with, you know, what you're trying to accomplish. If you don't know how you're going to implement it, if you don't know how it's going to be actionable, keep asking those questions because it does fundamentally change how you set up the problem and how you set up how you're going to solve the problem. Okay. So make sure that you know what's going to happen to this. Like it's, it's being well, produced know for what a reason. You can do, know what you can, you can do with the solution once, once you provide it. Um, typically, it. if that's working through a different group, then making sure that they're, it also shows an amount of investment that they actually have in what you're doing. Um, amazingly, a lot of people wise for data science and they're not really sure what they're going to do with it when they get it. Gotcha. Because, yeah, so. Okay. So I would say that, you know, um, I always like to say this, you know, data science is, you know, we need to make it like a slow poison, right? So we need to embed in the business process. So the business is not even knowing that, but they are giving you a constant feedback part of the process. Mm -hmm. So that feedback, listening to the feedback and continuously learning, that's what gonna make us the perfect you know, machine learning model. So we have to have that you know, close looping of uh, process, you know, then it makes life easy. Nice, awesome, fantastic. Thank you again to the data science panel of experts from AT&T, including Mark, Jeremy, and Prince for talking to us about measuring the effectiveness of data science solutions. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Tag Data Talk, sponsored by Emory Continuing Education and hosted by Dr. Beverly Wright. Have a great data set. Thanks for listening to Tag Data Talk, sponsored by Emory Continuing Education. I'm Dr. Beverly Wright. Have a great data set.